Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. I think we made a lot of our connections to radio late at night, whether it was listening to KMOX or WLS and John Landecker. And it was very one-on-one when we would listen by ourselves. And I, I think radio, it appears they've given up on that sort of space of evenings and overnights. Now your guides through the media morphosis. Noted communications second generation broadcaster and media strategist David Martin and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach Kipper McGee. This time, Brandwith On Demand heads for the border, the northern border. We go to that apartment above the party we call Canada and we hear from Canadian broadcast veteran Matt Tungle. Professionally, he started working in college radio in Nova Scotia, and the station stops had him all over the place, including CHOM 97.7 in Montreal, The Bear in Edmonton, and then that joined one of the most prominent companies in Canada, Chorus, where he wore a number of hats, including his real job, programming Power 97 in Winnipeg. In 2014, Matt had his own successful firm, coaching stations, talent, and their online efforts, as well as performing voiceover work. A perfect guest for Brand With On Demand, please welcome Matt Cundall. How you doing, eh? Hey, great. Good day. So, Matt, first, it was great seeing you both at the Conclave in Minneapolis, and I'm sorry we missed it. Philly at Podcast Movement, but great you were there. So if I can ask you, what's the one big takeaway from each? Well, the Conclave I've been to for three years running now, And my biggest attraction to it is that you can go down and you have access to people and you learn. And I sort of find that the that the convention really sort of is dictated from the ask me almost anything session. I can think back a couple of years ago, you know, people were struggling with what are we going to do with digital and what are we going to do with innovation? But a lot of those questions have now been answered. And there's a real positivity that came out of the conclave. And I was really happy to see social media being addressed and companies coming up with podcast strategies and beginning to really take those things seriously. As for the podcast movement, I keep going back to discovery. And it was discovery on so many levels, whether it was how do we get your podcast discovered to Stephen Goldstein trying to tell us how we can get our podcast discovered and how we can discover to use an actual smart speaker mm-hmm. uh, and discovering the many different apps and the ways that we can access podcasts. So discovery keeps coming up. And I know it may be overused, but I see that there's so many different levels of discovery. And it was great to see so many radio people at the podcast movement this year. Yes, that was a nice change. Matt, based in Winnipeg, you've certainly got a different perspective on radio. Given your observations on both Canadian and American broadcasting, What do you see as the biggest similarities and perhaps the biggest differences? Well, I think there were a lot of similarities uh, about 20 years ago, and it started to rupture and change. And I think there was a few things that happened, but we'll start with the similarities. I think a lot of the radio stations are managed in much the same way with much the same positions, general manager and program directors and VPs and and on-air talent. And the way we handle morning shows is not terribly different across the border, but where it starts to differ is in how each country approaches the radio and how our relationships are formed. So one of the things I noticed in Canada is that Canadians are a little more loyal to their local brands. And there's a couple reasons for that. We haven't had as much in the way of conglomeration and, and mergers as has happened in the U.S. And that's, you know, leads to a little bit less voice tracking, although Canada, I believe, is trying to catch up right now. But there's a little bit more brand loyalty. We spend a little bit more time listening to that. But, you know, that could be based on many reasons. Uh, and more often than not, it, it's our weather. I mean, we have some pretty substantial weather here in the wintertime, and that's going to lead to a little more radio listening. 
Another noted difference is the 35% Canadian content rule. The government mandates that radio stations, most of them, will have to play 35% Canadian music. When you're a country that is right next door to the great elephant of entertainment that is the United States, you need to foster a little bit of your own culture and make sure that it gets some airplay. And it was something that was very controversial when it came out in 1971 and led to the downfall of CKLW. But over time, I think we've really begun to see that it has paid dividends. And although the policy hasn't been visited since 1997, and I'd love to see that we take a look at this again, because we're now in a digital age and, and the law hasn't been touched, but we also don't have have an urban format per se. We, we have one or two urban stations. Our rock format is more alternative than it is active rock. And I didn't even touch yet on the Canadian Broadcasting Company, which is the CBC. It has a massive government budget. It's got transmitters all over the country. It binds the nation. And you can think of it as NPR with the government being the, the only donor. <laughs> uh, the good news is you get all this great hockey, but it has changed the talk format in the country. We don't have a lot of talk radio on FM. And as well, our talk format's not as polarizing as it is in the States. We've got a very big country. People are spread out all over the place. We've got four or five different political parties that are represented. So it makes for a different talk radio format. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that Canada really doesn't have the conglomeration thing going on as much as the U.S. What do you see happening with the online sphere? Are Canadian stations pretty much leading, cutting edge? Are they catching up? Where do you find Canadian broadcast versus elsewhere? Well, it's, it's something we're struggling with right now. And, and the, you know, the latest government that you know, said that we wanted to become bigger exporters of most of the things that we do in Canada. And I don't think we've taken those proper steps yet, but it, it's something that's going to be starting from, from the companies that own the radio station. So the two biggest players in Canada, and by the way, I should point out, I think we may be all conglomerated out. We, we max out at, at 2 AMs and 2 FMs per market. And we're just about out of radio stations. So I think the oh. bigger, we just don't have any more radio stations to, to buy up anymore between, I think we've just about maxed out. But, you know, Bell and Rogers are the two biggest companies for, right. for you know, and, and they are phone companies. And they, they're run by phone companies. And a lot of it trickles down in that sense. They own TV stations. They own radio stations. They also share sports teams. I mean, they share in the Toronto Maple Leafs. They share in the Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. And so you can see this sort of vertical flow that's happening between the phones, pushing down the content to the TV that pushes it down to the radio, and then it sort of filters out from there. And so we, we have a sort of a different culture that's happening here. It may not be radio first, but it's of great benefit to radio who get all these great relationships with TV stations for marketing and with sports teams. But it can also be to its detriment when you're playing phone ads all day and you may not be the first thought when it comes to a corporate decision, as it were. And you mentioned Chorus Entertainment, who I used to work for. They're affiliated heavily with television and cable, and they've got a fantastic news division. They've just started a podcast division, so they're taking steps into there. Rogers has just started a podcast division, and they're aligning all their podcast brands, and they've got Sportsnet, which is a strong sports network in Canada, and, and now they've got all these great podcasts. So it's coming together. It's coming together in much the same way I mentioned back at the Conclave. It's coming together, and I think radio companies are really beginning to see it. We have one other radio company in Canada that's quite big that serves a number of smaller markets called Newcap. They were just purchased by a digital company in Montreal called Stingray. And, and I'm not sure why this didn't make bigger news across North America, but here's a digital company that just bought a radio company. Mm -hmm. That's the future. 
That's what's going to happen. And I, I don't have a crystal ball, but I like to pretend I've got a crystal ball. But I, I do see American radio companies merging with digital companies in the future in order to get that access. Yeah, Matt, you've got a real deep understanding of legacy broadcasting, and you're a, a student of the cutting edge in the online world. If you were to share one thing you've learned from a pure play podcaster, something that radio stations and hosts should start doing yesterday, what would that be? I think we made a lot of our connections to radio late at night. I think we made them in the evenings. Uh, I think we made it with you know, whether it was listening to KMOX or WLS and John Landecker. We made those connections at, at funny hours, and it was very one-on-one -on -one when we would listen by ourselves. And I, I think radio, it, it appears they've given up on that sort of space of evenings and overnights where a lot of those relationships were formed. And now people are really beginning to sort of bond those relationships at, at the podcast level. And what do podcasters, what are they doing that, that is leading to success and download and one-on-one -on -one relationship is they're telling stories and they're telling it to one person and they're telling it to somebody who's got headphones on and they've got sort of a channel to react and go back and forth. And radio was built on that one-on-one -on -one relationship. And where you could call the radio station and, and develop a relationship with the person you were listening to. And podcasts has slowly become that intimate medium. And I would encourage radio people, consider empathy. Think about that emotion when you're, when you're connecting with your listener. It doesn't always have to be about fun and laughs. It can also be shedding a tear and telling an intimate story. It could also be a lot deeper than what we do. And it's okay to give it a little bit more time and to tell the story again the next day and to go one day deeper into it. Your listener will love you for it. This week from Canada, Matt Kundal is with us. Somebody you'd like to hear from? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us, show at brandwithondemand.com. And if you're new, hey, welcome. We invite you to check out our archive of previous episodes, including the president of Bridge Ratings, Dave Van Dyke, WMYX Milwaukee Morning Star, Elizabeth Kay, Fox Sports Champion JT The Brick, and so many others, all on Brandwith On Demand. Now, easier to find than ever. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, the iHeart app, or have your smart speaker play Brandwith On Demand podcast. And please spread the word about Brandwith On Demand. Master making great radio brands and the online bandwidth strategies that can help keep your career moving forward. Exploring media evolution in real time. Brandwith On Demand. What is it that makes Music Master the favorite choice of radio programmers all around the world? Ask CKRM's Colin Lovequist. Music Master has just eased the workload and the stress, giving me more time to spend with the community. The real question is why will you choose Music Master? Find out at musicmaster.com. Opportunities hidden in plain sight. Brand with on demand. We're with Canada's Matt Cundell. Matt, what are some opportunities for radio that you see which others may find hiding in plain sight? I think it's the obvious. I, I think it's the live, the local, and, and the now. And I think we spend a lot of time worried about all the wrong things, and, and, and it should be about. You know, what can we do in the now to really get into the listener's ears? And often I think we want to find a way to repeat and repurpose and do all that stuff. But radio is live, local, and now. And as many more of these platforms come to fruition, whether that's going to be podcast or, or social media and making some of our material go viral, as it were, 
we're really going to rediscover what it is to be live on the radio. So do you see in Canada a greater preponderance of live and local than, say, in in the U.S.? Yeah, I I do. One of the things we don't have in Canada is we don't have a national superstar on the radio. And Mm -hmm. this coming from conferences where I've run into Bobby Bones, um, we we meet these national people. We, We don't have a national broadcaster that everybody can look to, and that's just the way the country's built. And Montreal and Quebec, that, that's got its own star system. They, they're the best. Quebecers are the best at creating th- these wonderful stars who are known all around the province. You get to Toronto, and then everything sort of becomes a little bit Toronto-centric. And then the rest of Canada becomes very suspicious about Toronto. <laughs> I want my own guy. I want my, I want my Vancouver star. I want my Calgary star. I want my Edmonton star. And I want my Winnipeg star. Yeah. We don't have a national broadcaster. And we tried to roll out talk radio people and, and make them national stars. But it never happened because of political differences and regional differences. And the country is just too vast with too many differences between each region. And the CBC hasn't done that then, huh? Well, the CBC has done that, but I'm only thinking in the commercial radio sphere. Um, I mean, the CBC does do that. And and maybe that's the reason why commercial radio hasn't, is because they've got such a big budget and a big monopoly to go and to dominate that on a national platform. And listen, the CBC, they've done so well with, with their podcast is that They've got North American stars now with you know shows like Under the Influence and Day Six that have American followings and get airplay on NPR. Mm-hmm. Radio needs to focus on creating stars and performers who can perform in a live sphere. And I think we've gotten away from that because we're so interested in getting some stuff recorded and getting some voice trackers and putting them on many markets that we need to remember to teach people how to behave in the live sphere. You're here. Just between you, just between our thanks to our new friend from Canada, Matt Cundell. Links to our radio YouTube of the week, Matt's Sound Off podcast, and contact info are all available at brandwithondemand.com. And next time, an episode for the ages, literally. We welcome millennial expert Ryan Jenkins. That's a wrap, Kipper. The pause that refreshes was the advertising slogan of Coke's in 1929. We'll talk about pause and what it can do to help you win in One Minute Martinizing. You'll find it in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide. Reuse or redistribution of brand with on demand without the express written consent of the producers is greatly appreciated. While you're at it, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcast. Your feedback helps others discover Brandwith on demand. Not your average quarter hour. Dave Martin and Kipper McGee. Brandwith on demand.